horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right, and if you're somewhere in North America, I'm a regular guy just like you, sitting here sweating my butt off. Uh, actually, I did land in the air-conditioned studio tonight, so it's nice. It's just the walk to the car that's the hard part. And uh, sad to say, this has uh, caused some cancellations. Uh, Ellis Park today canceled after two races, so if you're trying to bet them after the daily double and didn't get anything, now you know why. Uh, and, and it's wise. I mean, uh, Dan Bork, uh, the racing secretary, met with the, the horsemen and vets and uh, jocks and said, this is crazy, you know. I think a couple of horses were getting a little wobbly after the second race, and there's nothing worse than watching a horse heat stroke uh, uh, the amazing thing is and i've worked at uh, tracks that have had some pretty nasty summers um it's funny you can not funny but it's amazing how you can see a horse actually flop to the ground from a heat stroke and man you hit him with that cold water and get him moving it's very important to get that blood flow moving again you all always see the uh, the outriders or the the grooms try to get the horse to to jog he said, well, well, hey, the horse just had heat stroke. Why did you get him a job? Well, all of a sudden, it gets the circulation going. If you've cooled him off in his head and his groin area, uh, which is usually where they hit the horses the most, all of a sudden, some of that cool blood starts getting through them, and, and they make it. It's just amazing. I've seen them. looks like they rise from the dead. So anyhow, you be careful, and everybody that's got a horse, be careful. Now, amazing couple of days. With the 4th of July landing in the middle of the week, I'd think it's like a 10-day holiday. I think it started last Friday and goes through this Sunday because it certainly has on the racing calendar. I mean, we've had stakes races galore, and that isn't changing. Plus, we've had them, you know, uh, today, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, and the previous weekend. Uh, it's just uh, truly amazing. Now, this is uh, the, the big time out in Iowa. It's it's their f- festival of racing out at Prairie Meadows, and um, might get a chance to get some inside information on some of those races as our first guest, Brian Hernandez Jr., who just won the riding title at Churchill Downs, will be our first guest. And Brian's going to be in a couple of those races out at uh, out at Prairie Meadows. Of course, uh, old-timers like me will remember the Cornhusker handicap. And he's going to be on a horse that was really hot last year while on the Derby Trail, and that was McCracken. You may remember it won the Sam Davis uh, the year before as a two-year-old, won the Kentucky Jockey Club. And uh, then was given some time off, came back, won the Matt Wynn at Churchill Downs. And uh, now they're looking for a spot. They're actually pointing McCracken to the Breeders' Cup Classic, uh, Trey and Ian Wilkes said. He's like, well, I got to do something with him, and I can't wait till a race at Saratoga. So he's going to have to stretch out eventually. We're going to go the mile and an eighth. So we'll ask Brian about that. And uh, also I see that uh, Brian is uh, scheduled to ride in the uh, $250,000 Iowa Derby aboard Fort Peck, another Ian Wilkes trainee who sired by Fort Larned that Brian rode to a Breeders' Cup Classic. Meanwhile, in New York, we've got Eric Wing. What 
an amazing card there at Belmont Park. You've got the Belmont Park Sprint Championship, Grade 2, the Belmont Park Oaks Invitational, Grade 1, the Suburban Grade 2, and the Grade 1, $1.2 million Belmont Derby Invitational. Eric Wing from Horse Tourneys will be joining us for that. And, uh, you know, can't emphasize enough to pull down the easy win forms these next couple of days because you're going to be bouncing from track to track, as we do. I mean, you know, talk about it. Track that doesn't get a whole lot of headlines. Los Alamitos, we were there last week for a 50-cent pick five that paid $1,657. And then uh, the middle of the country, kind of east, Laurel, uh, one dollar super five, two thousand four hundred ninety-six, and then we can go down to some warm weather. If anybody needs that, it's probably cooler there than it is in uh, the Mid-Atlantic region. A one dollar super high five off our Easy Win forms paid one thousand four hundred and eighty-three dollars. All the testimonials, all the results of our Easy Win forms are up on WinningPonies.com. That's where you go to get the forms. But again, I'm going to try to shoot through this. We got so much to talk about this week, but you know, uh, races coming up. Uh, tomorrow, uh, there's a hundred thousand dollar at, at Belmont, uh, the state dinner stakes, and then you've got the races we're going to talk about the Iowa Derby, you've got the Iowa Sprint Handicap, Iowa Stallion Futurity, and then you do have the Grade Three Cornhusker Handicap. So, uh, that's happening tomorrow, and then on Saturday, a slew of good races. Arlington, I just wish I could fit these all in. Uh, Arlington is the Grade Three American Derby, Grade Three Arlington Handicap, the Grade Three Modesty, and the Stars and Stripes. Of course, they haven't had much rain up there, and I don't think it's going to be much, so all those horses should go on the grass. I already mentioned the Belmont races, uh, except for the Dwyer that brought in Mendelssohn, uh, but uh, you know, you've got. Uh, other stakes races that Delaware Oaks, Red Ruby going there off her big graded win. And uh, hope, hopefully uh, they'll, they'll bring it home. Got some good connections in there. And uh, then uh, off at Los Alamitos, you got the Great Lady M. These are all on Saturday. The Parks Dash, grade three on the turf. Just amazing. And, and, and that's just the next couple of days. So pull down the easy win forms. And again, we're going to be calling in on Eric Wing uh, for HorseTourneys.com to help us with the uh, the races in New York coming up. Now, there will be coverage if you want to stay home in your ear air conditioning. Luckily, NBC and Fox Sports 2, they're going to cover a lot of Saturday's Belmont card. Uh, so we're talking about live from... Uh, uh, NBC from 4.30 to 6, followed by a special edition of the Belmont Park Live. But the Saturday Stars and Stripes Racing Festival, they call it, will be on NBC. So uh, uh, many of the top races that we're going to be handicapping here tonight, you'll be able to sit at home and watch them. Hopefully you'll get a bet in someplace. Uh, I already named the races. They're all listed uh, here uh, on Naira's site. Uh, as far as uh, championships uh, are concerned, we closed out the Churchill meet. No big surprise here. Ken and Sarah Ramsey, leading owner. Steve Asmussen, leading trainer. And the man we're going to talk to tonight, Brian Hernandez Jr., was the leading jack. Okay, now, one of the best rides I saw all week was... In the debutante, a race we alluded to last week at Churchill Downs. Uh, there was a horse that was on the lead. 
appeared to have a serious problem and just stopped. Behind him was Restless Rider. Brian Hernandez had to take that horse up severely, and I just figured, of course, he's the one. I bet he had lost all chance. Well, right now, if they got an Oaks winner boot, <laughs> winner bet, uh, I'm going to go with Restless Rider. Somehow, Brian got the horse out of trouble, back into gear, and this gray filly who was sent off at even money came on and just romped. It was an unbelievable performance. R- Restless Rider last week in the debutante at Churchill Downs. And then in the boys' version, another race with a lot of history to it, the Bashford Manor, uh, that went to Sir Troubadour, who's a uh, full to regally ready, who won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf last year, a more than ready son, trained by Steve Asmussen. Sir Troubadour was fourth in the Tremont and now an authoritative winner in the Bashford Manor. Second in that race was Mr. Chocolate Chip. Seems to like wearing blinkers again. So those are some young two-year-olds you want to put on your horses to watch list. All right, let me try to get through. Want to thank again Robert Reed from Woodbine who joined us last week. I hope he'll be with us again. He had some good picks and I hope you spent some time watching the Woodbine program. And, of course, the historic Queen's Plate, million dollars, three-year-olds. It's basically Canada's Kentucky Derby. And I did point out at the top of the show last week that there were two top fillies taken on the boys, and it was the top filly, Wonder Godot, getting the job done. Uh, Wonder Godot uh, was sent away the slight favorite at Two to one. Uh, she was rated and up to a close, fast pace that day and uh, did not. Uh uh, did, did not uh, falter. As a matter of fact, drew clear by f- four and three quarters lengths. Johnny V in the saddle for Mark Cassie. The question in there was they're putting blinkers on. Will they help? Well, yeah, I think they did when you went in a store race like the queen's plate in the second spot at 28 to one it was ahead by a century throwing blinkers on some interesting uh, blinkers on exacta there and then in the third spot at 46 to one cooler mike very cool if you had that trifecta okay the race before was the grade one highlander and as we said it was filled with a lot of fast sprinters and uh, caught this one i know uh, uh rich reed liked this one and we got it done by a nose long on value one in a head bob after being rated for most of the race Florent Giroux was in the saddle. Lady Alexandra had to settle for second. In the third spot, it was holding gold. Then in the race before that, it was the grade two dance smartly. It's glad to say caught the exacta in here. And the winner was... Number eight, Santa Monica. Chad Brown, formerly raced in Europe, seven to two, put in a strong late run and got the nod over Inflexibility, who was third in the Queen's Plate last year. And this was Robert Reed's second pick in our handicapping uh, 
choices. And in the third spot was Holy Helena, who won the Queen's Plate. Again, both of those Phillies, first and third, the Phillies fare well in the Queen's Plate, and they did well back in the dance smartly. And then it was on to the uh, the uh, grade two, King Edward, and the winner in there was... Delta Prince, the first graded win for Delta Prince, was making his first start of the year for trainer Jimmy Jerkins. Stronox Stable campaigns this horse and bred this horse, so Frank Stronach got his picture taken at his big track. All right, that's it for last week's racing. Got a lot more news, but more importantly, we got Brian Hernandez Jr. holding on the line with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and uh, with me, uh, gentlemen, I've got to know over the years, and uh, he has just accomplished an amazing feat in becoming the leading rider at Churchill Downs, and that is none other than Brian Hernandez, Jr. Brian, are you in charge of taking care of the kids tonight? Yeah, actually, yeah, we are. We're out in the backyard uh, having a little pool party. (laughs) <laughs> a good day to be near water that's for sure well i don't think you're scheduled to ride but i did announce at the top of the show that uh it, it's it's hot as blazes though where i am just north of cincinnati right now it actually is not 90 degrees which hasn't happened i think in about five days yeah it's uh it's been hot here in louisville i guess yesterday we uh it was the record high in the last six years and then today, wow. over at Ellis Park, they ended up canceling the races, so it's it's been hot. 
So, Brian, tell me while I got you on the line, what precautions or what things do riders do to stay cool? Obviously, you have to be outdoors. Obviously, you still have to wear your safety vest. What do you do between races to try to bring your temperature back down? Obviously, you don't have to hit the hot box. No, you know, you, you just kind of, you're aware of your weight. and You, you just drink a lot of water and, and just be cautious of trying to keep it as cool as you can. I've been fortunate the last couple of over at Alice, I only rode two, so I, I haven't had to fight the heat nearly as bad the last couple of days. But uh, like I said, normally at Churchill there, when you're riding eight to nine a day, you just you kind of stay aware of your body temperature and just, just drink as much water as you possibly can. Now, is that something that uh, that your valet helps you with? I mean, do they have like, uh, you know, Powerade or things like that to, to replenish your electrolytes? Yeah, and and the racetracks do a really good job of it too. They they keep they keep water tubs down by the scales at at both places at Ellis and at Churchill, and they you just try to like I said try to replenish yourself as much as you possibly can. Uh, it, it can't be easy because you gotta you gotta wear your safety helmet. You gotta wear that vest. Uh, luckily, the silks are a little bit lighter than I think they were in some years uh, before, but uh, it, it's still not easy. Um, well, listen. Tell me, when when you were a, a young rider down there in Cajun country, did you ever believe you might someday be the leading rider at Churchill Downs? No, that's a, it's a bittersweet moment, but it's a, it's an accomplishment we're really proud of. You know, we didn't we didn't win the title the way we we would have liked to have. We we'd have rather have had Corey there for the for the accomplishment, but. Uh, with with everything that happened it was a uh, it was a bittersweet moment but you know it, it's a moment that we're very proud of you know my my wife and I and Jocelyn and the kids we uh it's an accomplishment we just have to to be very proud of like you said well you do you have to and you may have won it outright but just to catch our listeners up in case they haven't been uh, reading the news that uh, 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 Corey Landry's wife, uh, Chantel, uh, died of breast cancer over a week ago, uh, and there had been a lot of attention and fundraisers done uh, for cancer awareness and tried to, you know, for the different benefits of cancer, and obviously it's got to be the biggest punch anybody takes in the stomach, but the thing is that you, and I believe Corey's uh, from Louisiana too, uh, you guys were very close, and I'll tell you, one, one of the most touching moments of my week, Brian, was when I saw that picture of you accepting the leading rider meet and there, there there was Corey and his wife in the photo with you yeah you know that that meant a lot because um it was it was Corey and his daughter Britlin we um we we went down to Louisiana last week for the funeral services and and that and um she Chantel was buried on Thursday and and Corey told Corey asked me to go ahead and, and come back and and ride the Thursday and we had to miss the services which was really hard to do. And it was really touching because uh, one of the requests Corey asked, he said, just go back to Louisville and, and be leading, win the trophy for Chantel. He said, if uh, if he couldn't do it, she'd be very proud if, if I did it. So, you know, Corey didn't get to ride the last nine days, and uh, and we went on and we were able to be leading rider there at Churchill. But like I said, it was just 
it's tough that we wish we wish it had been able to be done in better circumstances. Well, you know that those words were kind of a blessing and yet a challenge. Uh, did did you feel yourself just get a little more nudge of determination, saying, "Hey, I'm going to try just a little bit harder"? Not that you don't always try your best in races, knowing that you had that pat on the shoulder from Corey. Yeah, of course you did, and and it was in the back of your mind the last three days there at Churchill, but uh, at the same time the whole time the last nine days at Churchill were probably the, the toughest you'll ever have to go through is riding wise because in the same time you're out there having to do your job but at that time you're, you're always worried about that brother that's going through the tough circumstances he he's going through right now and and that's the thing is you're always thinking about what Corey and Britt the circumstances they're having to go through well, your lives uh, do parallel to an extent, being from Louisiana and then rising to the top of your game. Uh, I mean, you've got uh, a, a Breeders' Cup on your uh, your mantle. Uh, you've now got a Churchill Downs uh, leading rider title on your mantle. It is, is perhaps the next huge target for Brian Hernandez Jr., a win in the Kentucky Derby? Of course, that's that's where we wake up every morning at 5 a.m. and go and work, work these horses every day. You're, you're looking for that next Derby mount. You're looking for the next Derby winner. But uh, you have to be very, very fortunate, and hopefully we'll find that sooner than later. Well, I, 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 <laughs> sounds like you guys are having a blast. Um, but the thing is, Brian, you live, you, you, you just don't wake up, eat, ride, wake up, eat, ride. You know, you're very focused. You're very well-rounded. You know, I know your wife, Jamie. Your kids look great. Uh, by the way, your television interviews after the uh, races the other day when you unbelievably won the debutante. Uh, to see your son and his little pork pie hat and then to see that uh, that. A photo where they gave you the plaque with your family. Uh, you know, you, you you took the taste of Saratoga, which meant you had to lose your, some of your Kentucky connections for a while, and it's worth it. You got to take the shot, but I think you found out where your niche is, and probably the central area of the country, and then flying out for the big ones is the way you want to go from here on out. Is that true? Yeah, exactly. You you hit the nail on the head there. We uh we've learned that going up to Saratoga is nice, but it's it's a tough battle, so we've learned that if we just kind of stay here in, in Louisville with the family and and travel when we need to, it's kind of the way the way it's worked out the best the last few years, and, and that's kind of the model I'll be going on all this week. You know, I'm out of town all week long riding between uh, Iowa, Iowa, Arlington, and um, Belmont on Sunday, so it's, it's kind of the way, the best way to do it we found, and that's kind of the model we'll follow throughout the rest of this summer. Now, Brian, with, with what you just said, your head has to be spinning because you're also responsible for studying the horses, riding the horses, being prepared for the races. Who does all your travel plans? Do your agent? Does Jamie do it? I mean, how do you keep all this in order? No, you know, nowadays with the iPhones and uh, iPads and computers, it's pretty easy. I just kind of, when Frank tells me my schedule, I get online and we have a we have a pretty good uh, business card that we use and just get online there and go through American Express and just kind of book it all up and and go from there. And the good thing about it is we'll do all this traveling this week and then on Sunday night after uh, Belmont, I'm going to fly down to uh, 
Hilton Head, South Carolina, and meet Jamie and the kids for a little three-day vacation. Great. Oh, that's sensational. All right, Brian, you got to rewind back to the debutante at Churchill Downs. Restless rider. My heart was in my throat. Uh, you were in a perfect position, but all of a sudden that horse in front of you had some kind of incident. Absolutely stopped and quickly react. Can you take us through that race with you? Yeah, that was uh, that was impressive, I guess is the best way to put it. She she was a filly we were looking we were really looking forward to after her maiden win. And uh, going into the debutante the other day we, we thought we were in the perfect spot. You know, we, we had one horse in front of us going into the going into the turn. And then that filly ended up having a having an injury, and we had to check and steady and go around her. And when that happened, I thought, I thought from that point, I'm like, oh well, okay, well good, we'll be second or third. But my filly, Restless Rider, she picked herself up so fast and got to those fillies so fast. I'm like, oh man, wow, this is impressive. But in from the quarter pole home, she just she did it all on her own. She took herself there and she. She did it the right way, and she showed what a really good filly she looks like she's going to be going forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I I was the same way. I'm like, man, if this even if this horse even gets up to, to hit the board, it's great. But my God, she just exploded in the lane. And I'm looking at her pedigree by distorted humor out of unbridled song. Uh, the words Kentucky Oaks are, are very possible in this filly's future. Yeah, you have to kind of start thinking that way. You know, it's still it's still early on for she's only had two starts, but uh, she's a filly with a really bright future. It looks like. Well, Brian, let me ask you this. Uh, you, you know, uh, I see that that race you rode for Kenny McPeak, and uh, I know that you and Ian Wilkes are like father son. Uh, Neil Howard, somewhat the same. What do you do in a situation when you've got, because you've got great guys behind you that stick with you. Uh, uh, what do you do in a situation where they both got a horse in the race? Uh, do you just step back and let, and let your uh, your agent take the heat, or how does that work? Yeah, you know, where I have a really good agent, and uh He's, and everybody, everybody likes him, and and he does a really good job of just kind of planning all all the races out and kind of knowing where everyone's going to go before we get in those kind of situations. So I just kind of leave it up in his hands and just hope that it uh it all works out in the best way. Which, like I said, he does such a fine job of kind of keeping everyone separated and and handling our business properly that we haven't really run into that. We've run into it, but. It, he, he does it in a manner that it doesn't really upset anyone. Well, I see you riding so regularly for Ian and Neil. Uh, is Kenny a, a regular supporter of yours too, or is he just starting to take you on because you're so hot? No, you know, we we got fortunate in last fall here in October at Keeneland, and Kenny decided to start using us on quite a few more horses, and it's actually been a really blessing of a relationship because he does such a fine job with all his horses and he's got quite a few horses and it's just, it's another, it's another powerhouse stable to have in our pocket. It's been very, very good for us. Well, uh, you're in a very enviable position of, uh, of a lot of guys that would like to have to worry about how many good horses are going to have to get on. Well, we, 
mentioned briefly the Festival of Racing uh, out there in Iowa at Prairie Meadows, and I was reading uh, some stories that were they were talking to Ian Wilkes, and I know you're flying out there tomorrow. I was lucky to get you tonight because luckily the earlier race got scratched and you changed your plans. Uh, yeah. But McCracken, who was always a favorite of mine, I'm sure a favorite of yours, is closing in on the million-dollar mark. Um, I, I guess uh, Ian said, you know, we can't just sit on our hands. You know, we're pointing to the Breeders' Cup Classic. We can't sit on our hands. And the next race might be a seven-furlong affair at, at Saratoga. And so he elected to go out there uh, to the Cornhusker. Now, this race is a mile and an eighth, and uh, you guys have tried it uh, three times. You, you got a second and two-thirds. Uh, Brian, I don't know if you get up on the horse in the morning or anything, or as Ian told you, he really feels that McCracken's got what it gets at this point in the season to get a mile and an eighth. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those deals where uh, we're at a point now where do you sit and wait for the forego or whatever? In September, or do you, he needs to go ahead and run. You know, he's only had these, he's only had two races through this year. He had the, the big allowance race and then the big race in the Met Mile. Go from the allowance race to the to the Met Mile. He ran a respectable fifth there. So we're at the point now where we just need to run and and get him going if, throughout the year. So that's where the Corn Husker comes into play. And if he runs big in the Corn Husker, we'll you know sit back and talk with Mrs. Whittem and decide where to go from there. But it's uh the Cornhuskers are always will always be a special race for Ian and I because that's kind of where Fort Lawrence started our our big run. You know, we we went on won the Cornhusker and then Whitney and then British Cup Classic at the end of the year. So we'll just let our horse decide where we need to go from the rest of the year on. And really, in 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 two of the the races uh, at a mile and an eighth. I mean, let's face it. One was the Bluegrass that I wrap one, who uh, turned into be a really solid horse. And the other one was uh, the Grade One Haskell Invitational, where you got beat a dirty nose by Gervin. I still go back and look at that photo and don't yeah. believe it. But <laughs> <laughs> exactly. but either way. With with McCracken, he he hasn't dodged any he hasn't dodged any champions. That's for sure. He's running against the best, and uh, we're looking to improve on him. Yeah, well, he beat Taprit, who went on to win the Belmont Stakes. Uh, that'll be one of the big races in New York this week. So you're right. You know, you're judged by the company you keep, and McCracken's kept some pretty good company. Well, Brian, it sounds like it's time for you to go splashing in that pool with your kids down there in Louisville. Say hi to Jamie for me. Uh, I so happily watch your career over the years. I wish you best of luck during uh this weekend and every weekend, uh, but you're going to be a busy man, and congratulations on winning the Churchill title again. Thank you, John. Thank you for having me on again. Okay. Well, we've been talking with Brian Hernandez, Jr., one of the class acts of racing as far as I'm concerned, and he's proven it time and time again, and a class act of the racing scene as far as uh, uh, being a, a leader of several organizations and now horse player's tourney, none other than Eric Wing. We're going to be talking to him in just a minute and a half. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, a regular guest, Eric Wing, who's Communications Director for HorseTourneys.com. It's our number one destination for player-friendly qualifying contests and really good low-takeout cash games. And uh, Eric's uh, been there, done that, uh, worked at the NTRA, the NYRA, the DRF, the FBI, I'm not sure if there's any other initial organizations he's been in, but he's been in them all, ladies and gentlemen. With the FBI? The <laughs> I, I thought that was in your bio, wasn't it? Uh, uh, maybe I, I, I'm dyslexic. I get my you know, things mixed up. I'm sorry about that. Uh, that was, that <laughs> Reader's was, that was, Digest, maybe, RDA. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I, my, my law enforcement career is yet to, has yet to begin. <laughs> That's where I started was in law enforcement. Most people don't I, I'm know. I'm aware of that. <laughs> yes, sir. But anyhow, Eric, how have you been? What's going on? Anything happened with a horse player's tourney? This week has been amazing. As I said at the top of the show, I think 4th of July started last Friday and goes through this Sunday. Yeah, it, it, it's a mystery as to which which end of the weekend is, is actually 4th of July weekend, but... Um, yeah, the, the perils of, of having it fall right in the middle. But from a, a racing standpoint, I think you would have to say that this coming weekend is really the the uh, exciting one uh, from a, every standpoint. Uh, Belmont has the Stars and Stripes Festival going on Saturday, uh, and I know we're going to discuss the races, but they came up really good. Um, and, and we're going to be part of it at Horse Tourney's, 
we've got a big $50,000 guaranteed tournament uh, set for Saturday. It, it, it begins at 4 o'clock. It's on a bunch of races from Belmont. It's a 14-race contest, six of them, all the best ones from Belmont, plus a few from Laurel, Woodbine, and Gulfstream. Uh, if you win, you could get 25000 or more. It's guaranteed to be worth at least $50,000. Uh, so if only three people sign up, it'll be worth fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> but hopefully, we'll get a bunch more than that. It's I'll be one of the three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should be if that's uh, all that sign up. Um, it's four hundred and fifty to play. It's just an eleven percent takeout. Um, it's just a lot of fun, and it's the it's the contest format that's the most popular for us. Pick and pray, meaning you put all your picks in before the first race. And then you start praying. Oh, okay. That's a little bit different than my contraceptive program when I was a kid. That was uh, <laughs> that, that was that was pull and pray. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I thought this was a family show, John. Ah, uh, uh, nah, no kids are listening to this. Hopefully, okay. uh, everybody, everybody, very mature audience. For mature audiences only, we need to start putting something on the website for that. You know? all, all this time, I've been careful not to swear. I didn't realize. <laughs> we can always edit. Don't worry about that, Eric. But, uh, yeah, an amazing week. And uh, also, I mean, even contests that aren't, we, we just uh, we're talking to Brian Hernandez uh, Jr., and he's out there. It's the Iowa Festival of Racing. And... Arlington has a slew of graded stakes races. Don't think it's going to rain. Most of them are on the turf up there. And, I mean, I'm just leaving. you got the Delaware Oaks. I mean, uh, Los Alamitos has the Great Lady M. I mean, uh, Parks has a grade three. It's just, man, you, you, you better have your head on a swivel if you're handicapping this week. Yeah, it, it, it's really strong from coast to coast. For people uh, who are... Uh, not from the New York area and going to play Belmont, whether at horse tourneys or just uh, through their friendly neighborhood, uh, ADW or racetrack operator. Uh, we're going to get rain tomorrow, Friday, um, and then the heat is supposed to lift, and Saturday's supposed to be beautiful, like 76 degrees. So figure that the, nice. the turf is going to have some moisture in it from the day before, even if it looks like a bright, sunshiny day. Maybe that'll help the Europeans who ship just a little bit, but um, should be a good fair turf course. The turf course this week at Belmont looks like it's playing fair, not the uh, not the uh, conveyor belt speed uh, derby that we saw on the grass uh, two or three weeks prior. So uh, things are looking good here in New York. Very excited. Great. Well, I'm sure the groundskeeper is probably happy for that uh, free sprinkler system that Mother Nature is yeah. going to provide. And I'm sure as dry as it's been there, a day of rain's not going to kill the races on Saturday. No, no. And they've had the rails out um, this week, so you can be sure that they'll take the rails down and use the entire turf course. So um, between the rain they've gotten and their attempt to preserve the inside of the, of the course, uh, it, it should be great. Weather should not be an issue. And, and the entire card at Belmont is terrific. I've looked through the, I know we're only going to be discussing the stakes, but I've looked through it all and it's, uh, it's strong from top to bottom and credit to, um, Martin Panza at Naira. You know, everybody likes to create big days. It, it's, it's good in theory, it's it's another matter sometimes in terms of executing it and pulling it off, and um, 
this is, what is this, about the fourth, maybe the fifth year of the Stars and Stripes. And from my standpoint, it's gotten a little better each year. And to me, this is the best one yet. So we'll see. It's, uh, it's great. And like you say, good races elsewhere. So whatever your home track is, there should be plenty to play uh, between live and simulcast. All right. Well, Eric Wing is with us from horsetourneys.com. He's, uh, I shan't say, an old friend. Uh, he's, he's an old friend of mine, but he's not old by any uh, stretch of the imagination. Let's work in reverse and go to the Belmont Invitational. Uh, of course, my big headline here is no sleeper and something you already mentioned. It's wide open. Uh, we're going a mile and a quarter on the inner turf. And, uh, you know, it's uh, brought together kind of one of the most mixed bags I've seen between European horses making their debut. There's two of them in here in North America. Uh, Then you've got a horse that uh, always raised some interest this year along the Derby Trail because you don't see him until the final 16th. And that's my boy, Jack. I forgot he was even in the field. And then you've got these lightly raced horses that look like they've really got an upside to themselves in uh, Hawkish, who's only making his fifth lifetime start, but he's won three of them, including the grade two Penn Mile, and the lightly raced Analyze It, uh, who has uh, made four career starts, three wins, and a second. Two is a two-year-old, and those were out uh, at Belmont, Delmar, then comes back at Keeneland in the yielding Transylvania uh, uh, and wins by five and a quarter. And then uh, came back and uh, just missed in the Pennine Ridge at Belmont Park. Uh, you've got Jose Ortiz in the saddle there. But those are you know, just a few, but man, this is like uh, you know, like one of those uh, breakfasts you get in upstate New York with everything in the uh, scrambled eggs. Uh, you really do, and as, as good a job as you just did of going over several of the top contenders, uh, you left a couple out, and that's oh, I had old, to. I wanted you. I wanted you to prove me wrong once again. This is how we get this show going. Exactly. Well, <laughs> the horse that just beat Analyze It in the Pennine Ridge is Catholic Boy, who I'm sure many of the listeners will remember because. He was a, a good turf horse last year, beaten just a, a length and a half in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, then was put on the Derby Trail. That didn't go quite as well, but came back in, in his turf re, reappearance and beat Analyze It, who was 1-5 to five, uh, in the Pennine Ridge. So he's a, a solid contender. One of the two uh, European invaders is no less than Hunting Horn from the Aiden O'Brien stable. O'Brien yes. sending a bunch over this week for this day, including Mendelssohn, who uh, fans will remember from the Kentucky Derby. He's entered in the Dwyer on dirt. But Hunting Horn just comes off a, uh, a four-and-a-half length win and a mile-and-a-quarter stakes during the Royal Ascot meeting. Um, and Hunting Horn, uh, perhaps uh, not insignificantly, is the only uh, horse in the field with a start, or excuse me, with a uh, turf start at a mile and a quarter, let alone a win. And in fact, he's got two wins where the only other horse to start at a mile and a quarter is the aforementioned My Boy Jack, who did so in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, and, and again, fans will remember how, how heavily.
suddenly he got bet in the Kentucky Derby. People figured there were a lot of jacks out there wagering, but um, he ran very well in the Kentucky Derby. And this is not a uh, this is not just a dirt horse uh, hoping against hope. He no. uh, ran five times on the grass in Southern California last year, a win in four seconds, or excuse me, a win in three seconds. So he's returning to the turf, a very intriguing horse in a very intriguing race. Hard to pick for me. Um, I'm going to go with Hunting Horn and just uh, on the strength of those two mile and a quarter victories. The one thing you'll note, John, a lot of those good horses that have been knocking heads, they've been doing so at shorter distances, including the likes of Hawkish, who kind of benefited from a pace duel up front in the Penn Mile, um, and to, to some extent also analyze it in Catholic Boy. At least with uh, Hunting Horn, you don't have to wonder if he likes a mile and a quarter because we know it he's done successfully twice. So in a tough race, it's Hunting Horn for me. Well, uh, if you're like me and you got an interest in this sport at a young age, though, I got a couple of years on you. Uh, there was a wise old handicapping writer named Tom Ainsley. Mm-hmm. And one of his best quotes were, don't bet on a horse or do something he's never done before. <laughs> and hunting yeah, and horn, especially at a short price. Yeah. And hunting horn, who's listed now at seven to two, but this race is so wide open. There's, you know, the, the favorite could be nine to two in here. Um, yep. You know, I really like this horse and the fact that Ryan Moore is coming over with Aiden O'Brien. And the fact that not only did it win his last race at a mile and a quarter in a grade race by four and a quarter, Eric, he did it against 16 horses and he's going to drop four pounds. <laughs> How's yeah. that for a plus? They, they always carry more in Europe, so I'm, I'm not surprised to see a little weight drop, and whether that translates to an improved performance. The other thing, John, worth mentioning, he's getting Lasix for the first time in this race, yes. and that, that can be a positive move for O'Brien coming over here. Um, so, yeah, Hunting Horn is a... Uh, it, it, the other thing I was going to say about about this horse and this outfit, Aiden O'Brien, Ryan Moore, they're bringing four over. I think it's four. It might be five, including Mendelssohn. Um, I have the feeling, I could be proven wrong, but I think this is the horse they're really coming over with the highest or, or, or the most serious intentions for, which isn't to diminish Mendelssohn or the others, but to me, you know, million two purse, this horse just won at a mile and a quarter at Royal Ascot. Um, it seems to me that this is the horse they're serious with, and anything they get, you know, if they get a good performance from Mendelssohn and Swell, their, their rest of the year is sort of laid out in the U.S. If not, they can go back to the drawing board on grass with them. But I think that uh, I'm thinking more and, and O'Brien are hoping to get the money with this one and hoping for the best maybe with the others. I love it. We're talking with Eric Wing right now. All right, let's, uh, let's rewind it now. Let's see to the next grade one on the card, and that is the wide open Belmont Oaks Invitational. All right, Eric, I'm going to change roles with you, and I'm going to let you set the table on this race. Okay, well, it, this is the, the sister race, if you will, to the Belmont Derby Invitational. Same distance, mile and a quarter, same course, the inner turf course at Belmont. Um, and it's uh, $200,000 less in purse, so a mere $1 million here. Um, <laughs> wide open field. Uh, field of 10, 
I'm interested in a couple of long shots or longer shots here. The horse I'm most interested in is Capla Temptress, uh, the Irish bred. Uh, she ran in the uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly turf last year, uh, had a troubled seventh, and she, she was shipped over one race prior by Marco Body uh, to win the Natalma, a grade one at Woodbine, and then went to the Juvenile Philly turf where she had a bit of trouble. She's had one race this year. It was in the Emirates Poule d'Essai de Pouliche, which is a French-sounding uh, way of saying the French 1,000 guineas, and was a fast-closing fourth, uh, beaten only half a length. Um, and it was a very good performance, uh, knifing her way through, through a crowded pack. And I think she's, she just could be better than these. It, there are some strong Americans to go, uh, to go along against her, including La Seigneur, who just beat significant form and Mighty Scarlet and the Wonder again at Belmont, which serves as the prep for this race. All three of those are back. Um, Chad Brown is represented with a couple, including Mighty Scarlet. Um, and uh, Graham Motion's in the race. Oh, significant form, the other Chad Brown. Uh, Christophe Clement has a first-time U.S. horse shipping in from France, so I, I, I think the horse was just shipped into his barn and he'll saddle. That one doesn't seem as strong. Aiden O'Brien has an interesting horse with Ryan Moore, Athena, who yes. comes out of a race against older um, the only thing I'll warn the listeners, I've seen him do this before, and the drop in company, so it would seem, doesn't always take when, when, when this happens. And note that this horse has run almost every week and, and, and is coming back, having run July 1st, coming back in six days and with a transatlantic flight. Uh, in between, so I'm willing to let Athena beat me at nine to two morning line odds, and maybe they'll be lower than that. So I, I'd like the Capla Temptress coming out of the French 1000 Guineas, and I'm going to give a look to a 20 to one horse on the morning line, Fatal Beret, uh, who was really made an eye popping move in the Juvenile Phillies Turf last year, and had a big time excuse in the honeymoon with her saddle slipping. She comes over, she's 20 to 1, and I think she can uh, give the East Coasters and even the Euros a run for their money here. All right, we're talking with Eric Wing, man. I got him spinning, and it's going to continue. I got about five minutes. I'm going to put a two-race challenge to him, and the biggest purse of the two would be in the legendary Suburban. It's the 132nd running. What a tough race. And again, uh, the, the favor could easily go off at 7-2 to two in here, Eric. Yeah, this race used to be traditionally run every year on the 4th of July, this year July 7th, to be part of the festival. Uh, my money is going to be on number two, War Story, who's 5-1 to one in the morning line. He comes out of the Brooklyn on Belmont Stakes Day. Ran okay behind Opportunity, who's also in this race. John, he just was never live on the board that day. He just, it was one of those horses who on paper looked like he should be a solid favorite, and he was just so tepid on the board. If you look at his form, if he's right, he's going to win. He's the best horse. Um, he's got no problem getting the distance, despite what the 0 for 4 career record says. He's one going longer. He's one going shorter. Opportunity I've never liked. He's just kind of a grinder. Um, I think uh, 
it sort of fell into his lap in the Brooklyn. Uh, Dr. Door is the gaudy buyer speed figure horse who Baffert's shipping over along with Opportunity, but even Baffert said in the paper that a uh, mile and a quarter may be too long for Dr. Door. For me, I like War Story, and, uh, and Diversify is an interesting horse coming back. He would have been 2-5 uh, to five in this race last year, the Jockey Club Gold Cup winner. But his return against New York Bread Company was ordinary. Maybe he'll improve, but uh, not with my money on him on Saturday. Very interesting. Yeah, and, and it is a mix. There's one horse you left out of the conversation that they, I want to bring into it just because he oh, won a classic Tapret? last year was Tapret. Um, <clears throat> it seems like he's could be on the comeback trail. Looks like he needed his return race. It was a 80,000 optional claimer. Don't know if they were giving him one. I see that... Uh, Hoffenheim, that ran second ahead of him in that race, has since come back and won a race. Uh, just want to throw him in before we get our last race with two minutes left. Yeah, he, he, I, I just didn't. His race left me cold, and Hoffenheim won an optional claimer at Delaware after this race. Uh, so this is a, a much better race than that. Um, you know, I just don't think of Pletcher as the kind of guy who gives him one all that often, or. Um, I would have liked to have seen more from him. I'll let him beat me Saturday. Okay. Well, uh, like I said, we got a couple minutes left. The Belmont Sprint Championship. I'll set the table on this one. You got two horses that are going to try to meet in the middle. Limousine Liberal, who's coming off a nice effort at a mile in the Grade 1 Metropolitan, uh, will be going up against Whitmore, who's coming off a game just got beat a neck um while closing fast and ended up with a fast speed figure at six and a half so you got limousine liberal turning back to probably his best distance and you've got whitmore going forward to a distance where he's never won yeah and to me john there's six horses in the race five of them could win i i i i can't run down or denigrate any horse with the exception of number five, Lewis Field, who looks like he's in over his head. None of the other five would surprise me, and that includes number three, I Love Lulu, who's 8-1 to one in the morning line for Jason Service, who's been winning at about a 50% clip uh, over the last six weeks between uh, Belmont and Monmouth. This horse is about fast enough to compete. He hasn't raced since April. If he moves up at all, um, with the service magic that's been happening these last six weeks. He's going to be in the frame, as they say. So I'm going to take a shot with I Love Lulu, small shot, but a shot nonetheless, against uh, a very small but select field. And as a matter of fact, just to sneak it in, I may take a small shot with the Jason Service trainee, Firenze Fire, in the uh, Dwyer in the race before against... Uh, against uh, Mendelssohn and Rugby Man, neither of whom I particularly like in these in the Dwyer. <laughs> well, I particularly like when you join us on the show, Eric Wing. I want to tell people to go over to horsetourneys.com. He told us about some great betting opportunity this weekend, and that's what we're on this show about is betting. And when you look at those races and want to handicap them, come on over to winningponies.com first and pull down your easy win forms. It's going to help you with the tourneys at horsetourneys.com. So, Eric Wing, I thank you so much for being with us, and it looks like they're going to cut me off right now, so I got to go. 
Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.